podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. And now it is John Gibbons for the Anfield Wrap. And we are talking now about the trademarking issue that obviously has flared up over the summer. It still continues. It continues on Saturday because on Saturday, Spirits of Shankly have asked people to support local traders and, and people to support manufacturers of um, Liverpool FC-themed um, clothing, we'll, we'll, we'll call it, or Liverpool FC-inspired kind of merchandise might be a better way of doing it and to support those local traders. And so SOS have called for that on Newcastle. Um it's it's important to say it's not necessarily a protest. Obviously, everyone still wants you to get behind behind the club, but, the, but this is more of a show of support for those um, traders in the area and beyond, really, who at the moment are, are worried that they that they feel attacked. Um, from Spirit of Shankly, I'm, I'm very kindly joined by Joe Blot, who's the chair at the moment. I'm also joined uh, by Lucy Vimmer as well. And we're going to talk about how we've got to this point first, Joe, because um, I'm obviously a little bit on the outside. I'm, I'm a Liverpool supporter, um, obviously, and... and I know that you guys had meetings back in August where, where you met with Peter Moore after this had broken. Um, as always, supporters were the, were the last to know about how to sort of find out ourselves. Uh, you had the meetings uh, and then it went sort of a little bit quiet from a public point of view. So I uh, presumably you haven't sort of felt like you got what you wanted from those meetings. So can you just tell us a little bit about, about where we're at now and why you feel like you, you've wanted to kind of to raise attention for it for the Newcastle game? Yeah, I th- I think the context's important first, isn't it? That um, we we know that football, uh, Premier League football in particular, and European football is just greedy. Uh, it'll try and make a, a pound from anything that it can. Um, and I guess the cynic in me sees that um, club officials had seen, you know, a Champions League final, big win. You look at one end, and there's you know, out of ten thousand Tottenham fans, there's nine thousand wearing replica kits. You look at the Liverpool end and there's probably 2,000 wearing replica kits and everyone else wearing the merchandise you've just been referring to, really, in terms of, you know, being unique, different um, and bold, really. And I think that's what that 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 makes a big difference. And when you look at that in the context, if, if Tottenham, yeah, you know, I, I think personally that's the first time they've been in the final since 61. Uh, so, you know, from that point of view, why wouldn't you celebrate it with a, with a club kit, really? But but pure mathematics and pure economics is that, you know, ten, uh, eight to 10,000 times 70 quid is a lot of money for them. And that's less for Liverpool. And I think that's what they've looked at. Um, so, you know, immediately after the, the, the um, pre-season in, in Boston, um, we picked up literally through, through the back door um, that this notion of a trademark and of, of Liverpool had come out. We contacted the club. Um, our club contact said didn't know anything about it uh, checked with further within the club and yet it was true um, so to be fair the club then uh, the club then sorry um, just acknowledged that they had done it we then picked up quite a bit of um, noise around particularly from the traders uh, but from other people as well they were just irked by the potential for Liverpool to be trademarked um, and we felt as a union um, doesn't directly affect us however um we felt that it was important really to broker a conversation between the club and those affected. Um, because one of the big effect, effectees then that was, was City of Liverpool. You know, yeah. they, were, they were thinking, what does that mean for us? Um, are we, can we have to, we have to change our name now, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think it's, sorry to put it, I think it's worth yeah. pointing out that City of Liverpool actually paid money, which they haven't really got yeah, haven't to, got. you know, to, 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 to challenge it really. And, yeah. and that's, a, and that's, you know, a, a, you know, might not be a huge amount of money to someone like Liverpool Football Club, but it, but for City of Liverpool, you know, it is, it is a big deal, but they obviously felt they had to do that to, to try and protect their future as well. They did. And I think, I think within that then, that, that's where the mystery then comes in, isn't it? About, you know, what does it really mean uh, to trademark Liverpool? Um, so, so we brokered these, these conversations and, and to be fair, uh, the club, Arranged them. We had we, we had two meetings. Um, one with traders, one with with, with City of Liverpool, and other other related sports clubs uh, were invited. Um, and I think really what came about then was was a clarification from the club as to why they were doing it. Um, their view of that is because they've been swamped by counterfeit goods, uh, in particular um, from the Far East. They want to stop that. Um, and, you know, me sitting here, I'd say, yeah, I, mean, I, I think anyone who's counterfeiting gear needs to be dealt with through the, through the international laws and regulations. We've got you know, big trading standards uh, team in Liverpool City Council who, who can deal with that, you know. And I think that's, that's, what, that's what those organisations are there for. Um, and whilst I may not agree with it, I can also partly 
understand why you trademark Liverpool Football Club, why you trademark LFC or trademark uh, LFC TV or whatever else it is that's fully related to the football club as a, an entity. However, this is a stretch too far because it just it's trademarking Liverpool. And that brings with it then a whole notion, a whole different question as to what does that mean? And whilst we can get positive responses from the club who say, well, actually, no, we just mean in a football context. Well, how far does that stretch? Does that mean, you know, Liverpool Echo football correspondent is no longer Liverpool Echo football correspondent? And they would say, well, that's just a silly analogy. And you say, well, that might be true at this moment in time because you're the owners. If you transfer ownership to somebody else in the near future or in the fair future, who knows what they'll do? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll read all the, the 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 trademarks that Liverpool own at the moment because it is it is quite interesting what they have successfully trademarked. So they've got Liverpool Football Club, they have LFC, uh, that's with dots and without. Uh, they've got Anfield, uh, they've got This Is Anfield, This Is Anfield Liverpool Football Club, um, just sort of scrolling down at the moment. Um, lots of sort of, you know, you know sort of different varieties of LFC and Liverpool Football Club. Uh, they've got You'll Never Walk Alone, uh, they've got The Cop, uh, which is interesting. They've got YNWA, um, SGG Apparel, which I thought was Stephen Gerrard. That's quite an interesting one. Uh, Forever Reds, six times they've got, uh, which is quite interesting. Just, um, well, they've just done uh, Let's Talk About Six, baby. Have they? Yeah, yeah they've they, just they, been granted that. Um, they tried uh, to to register at LA, 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 and then, and then withdrew that. Uh, there's a little bit of a story about that that we might not have time to get into, but they <laughs> but they but they withdrew that in the end. Uh, cop run, uh, as I say, they've got six baby. Let's talk about six baby. I wonder whether Jurgen Glob knows that when he says something after a game in a in a uh, in an interview that they're, they're, they're going to try and make money off it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the, the point is, Joe. Yeah. Or oh, I go to Lucy. Sorry. The point is, Lucy. They've got a lot already. They've got a, they've got a lot. They've got a huge amount of trademarks to currently protect them, um, and also not just words as well. They've got they've got the club crest, which is on the shirt. So that's one of my points. So in terms of rep- you know, fakes and replica kits that are coming out in from the far east, the counterfeit ones, they've got many remedies currently in place available to stop all of that. So that's my point. I don't think you need this extra level. It's an onerous level of of litigation on top of what you've already got. Um, to deal with a problem that I think you could probably deal with better now, the way you you know without adding to it. Um, Peter doesn't see it like that because Peter sees it from a completely different commercial angle. Is you know some of the people are maybe trying to get around the copyright of things by changing things a tiny little bit, so things are sneaking through. But he's saying people still think things are might you know might be Liverpool and the quality is bad, and that is right. But at the same time, I don't, I don't think anybody in the right mind would ever confuse the fake stuff that comes from the Far East and the stuff that the independents generate in the city and the fan base as a whole. Um, you've got people like, you know, Transalpino, Hatscarf and a Badge, Love, Love Follow Conquer, um, you know, taking over room. They all do completely independent stuff, but... It's, it is it is going to potentially affect them and no matter what the clubs say at this stage and the assurances they give and the illegal assurances that they can give, um, my opinion is that it should never be in anybody's possession to give away in the first place. It's not Liverpool's to give anybody. Nobody should own our name. That's my fundamental you know, concept. Nobody should own our name because then once you start going down that road, where do you stop? Do... So do um, Apple do it for the Beatles, Liverpool, the Beatles. Nobody can mention Liverpool, the Beatles, because Apple have trademarked Liverpool under the Beatles context. So you start opening up a whole can of worms on top of the licence agreement. So who gets one? Who decides who gets one? Why does X get one and Y doesn't? So, you know, who makes these decisions? And then there's always going to be... you know, people are always going to have op- opposition to that. There's always going to be, oh well, why did you get that and I didn't get yeah. this? It is, it is, it is tricky, isn't it, Lucy? Because I think you know, you mentioned Love Follow Conquer there. Uh, Ian Maloney was involved in the Anfield rap at the start, and and, it, and, he, and he's a, he's a good friend, and so he won't mind me using him as an example. You know, he's a scouser. Yeah. He was born here. He's now moved away. So is he a local trader or not? Do you know what I mean? And so this yeah. gets into this yeah. idea of well, what is a local trader and what isn't. Do you know what That's I mean? He's it. he's moved out of the city now because of circumstance, because of life, yeah. because people people move and have done for, for you know since times begun. What parameters yeah. do you put on the on the the licensing agreements and, and legal um, assurances that they're going to give to people? Hmm. I, th- I, I, just, I mean, just to add something, I think there's probably three things around that. One is you know th- this isn't about the local traders. We, but that, 
Saturday's um, show of strength, as it were, and solidarity uh, towards them is because it's on the match day. Yeah. But the broader picture is quite rightly that you've been brought out here is about the trademark of Liverpool because that affects everyone who lives in this city, who's worked in this city, been yeah. part of this city for 800 years. And that's that's what's wrong. And that's why you know clearly Liverpool City Council have come out against it. We've seen that yeah. Joe Anderson, the mayor, coming out has said against it. We know the city solicitor is is really looking at this seriously. Um, this isn't you know just about local traders. This is about our history, our yeah. heritage our future and everything else around it. And I think it is just, unfortunately, it's another example of how football clubs who are run by organisations who are not from within the area see the sense of opportunity of making as much money as possible out of any which way they can. Yeah. And, you know, from an economic point of view, you know, to survive in any in any league, whether it's the Premier League, European League or, or European, uh, anywhere else, I can understand why they need to maximise that, mm. but this isn't. This is this is taking something. It feels to me as though if I if I was selling a plot of land, I'd get more money for it if I had planning permission on it. Yeah, and that's what this feels like. It's yeah. as though that having having a trademark of Liverpool is a big selling point for 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 yeah. for any sell on. It, well, it doesn't I, make any difference. I, I know. So one of my thoughts was, is this linked to, and it was only someone a comment, someone to put on Twitter under my thread um, about, is this to do with the new upcoming kit deal? Are they trying to do a lockdown on things before they sign a massive agreement? Um, Peter refuted that. Um, and I'm sure he'll say his own stuff later. But um, he's just saying, coming in from a commercial angle. But my point is, basically, you're culturally asset stripping. Our city, you've took the live a bit, and now you want to take our name. And my my the bottom line to that is no, you can't have that because that's not yours to own. Yeah, I, um, I, and you you're, it should never be in their keep to give that to anybody. And I I would certainly stand with that. Whoever was trying to against trademark and this, I would like to also point out that yeah. this is not against FSG and it's not against Peter Moore. Peter Moore's been really good to discuss it with me, and he's very kind to take the time, and I appreciate that. But he is the person that we have to talk to about this, so I think that's why his name gets brought into it. And it's not even about FSG because what happens in the future when if they sell the club and we move, you know, so we've got new owners, they might have a completely different outlook on it. They might crack down. They might do loads of different things that we haven't thought about because the trademark, the precedent has been set and the trademark has moved so much forwards that they'll be, you know, wanting to do lots of different things with it and that we can't, it's gone then, it's too late. It's too late. I mean, I, I mean, for me, the bottom line is they've got to be stopped. Um, and I think they could have stopped it by putting some thought into it before um, this aspect. Absolutely. I feel, as, I, you know, I've, I've worked, you know, all my work in life, I've worked with and around legal services and I needed legal support for decisions I was taking. But when I spoke to a legal department, they said, you can legally do this, you can legally not do that. I took that information away and digested it and made the decision. It was an informed decision based on legal advice and other advice that I had available to me. It kind of feels as though the club takes legal advice and just does it. Yeah. It doesn't think about the consequences of it. So yes, it probably is legal to try and trademark Liverpool or the live bird, wherever else it is. But do they not think of the, the, the impact yeah. of that? And it's as though they've created their own, you know, monstrous opposition to this because they just lacked the, the lack of thought because... If they had a thought about it, it wouldn't have been a, a kind of a secret within the club. It, well, it would have been out there, as you yeah. were saying before, Lucy. That there would have been communication about it. So this is what we're doing, but this is why we're doing it. Yeah. And it feels as though there's no why other than greed. I mean, the, the why that they say, and, and as you say, well, I'm speaking to Peter more later, so I'll allow him to sort of make yeah. the point. I'm not here to be devil's advocate, yeah, yeah. but the, the why they will say is that the idea of, you know, uh, the, the example that's been used to me is, is is around the final, and there was a lot of suddenly a flood of, of things that were said that Liverpool v Tottenham European final, you know, LA 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 on the shirts and stuff like that, and uh, and that first of all that the people were allowed to use their name to 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 to, to, yeah. to in that in that instance, you know, it doesn't say Liverpool FC, it just says Liverpool v Tottenham European final, and then you know it's it's good, to, it's kind of around that really, and that Tottenham because they do own yeah, the name say, are, yeah. are able to are able to put a stop to it. And and Liverpool Lawrence, and that, and that was sort of the argument that was made to me. I yeah. think it was a sharp contrast for them, must have been for the commercial side of Madrid, to go out and see the difference that it made from Tottenham having owning their name and us 
not owning our name because apparently, the, you know, we were saying there was lots of sellers that they could have cracked down on Majid that they, they couldn't currently. And he talked to me about, you know, Tottenham own their name, Everton, Chelsea. Yeah. And also you've got Southampton and Watford, which are both cities. Yeah. And so he's trying to put his argument forward. Well, yeah, you can trademark a city. So, but my point to him is neither of those cities are Liverpool. That's the bottom line of it. We are nowhere else. So you sell your atmosphere on our unique um, are you you sell your product on our unique atmosphere, right? So you can't take that away from us because then that makes your product null and void. Do you know what I mean? Um, so it's a very fine line to tread between commercialising and us going, yeah, we don't mind you doing that and then stepping on our toes. And it's about sort of... <laughs> I think kind of when I've spoke to people at Liverpool, you know, about this, and I think they do get kind of frustrated sometimes with, with us. <laughs> and I sort of understand it. And my argument sort of what you made is you've got to sort of take them off with the spoon, you know, like we are yeah. all a bit mad. And like, But that's why you get nights like Barcelona, do you know what I mean? And that's exactly. why like, you know, Man City probably wouldn't have sold out. And that's not me having to go necessarily at Man City. I know it's a bit of a, it can be a bit of a cheap shot. I'm just using that as an example of Man City would have gone, oh, we got B3 and all at the new camp there. Can we, are we really going to go? Exactly. Whereas we go, we're just going to all we're tear up and just be absolutely. And, and, and absolutely mad, and so I feel, I feel sometimes Joe like go. Do you know that this is this is this is the uh, this is the year in the yarn. This yeah. is the uh, this is what you get. I know we're all mad, so it's about us. But but look what we can do. Yeah, but, but exactly. That. I mean, that's why you know that's why all those independent traders are there. I don't think they're there outside outside other club grounds. A bit of a smattering, maybe the stalls. Yeah. But this is this is a unique brand. This goes back to you know the seventies with with our casual approach to, yeah. to, uh, to the way we went to matches. We didn't have scarves around our wrists and everything else. You know, this is a follow on from that. This is the next generation, and we want the next generation to carry on yeah. doing that because you know we're all old. We, we, yeah. we, but you know, there's there's going to be hopefully you know young people who are thinking about. I'd like to go into business to do X, Y, or Z. What we can't do is inhibit them or prohibit them yeah. from doing Stifle something. Stifle of people's creativity, it's not fair. And it's it's hugely ironic, isn't it, that Liverpool are trying to put a stop on this, but actually they celebrate the uniqueness of yeah. Liverpool. The fan culture is something that yeah. they bought into. And it's great to see, you know, with all the stuff that they do with, with yourselves, with, with, with Boss yeah. Nights, with, yeah. with Jamie Webster, with, with everything else. They've celebrated it and umphed it, and I think you know. Speak, speak to. But they've commercialised that. They've commercialised us. And that's the worry, isn't it? How far they they go with that? Because I think that I think they should embrace it. I think because I've been critical of them in the past for not embracing yeah. it. Now yeah. they have done. It's great. It's yeah. taken to a new level. But you do that together. Don't yeah. don't then isolate it and take over something that you that that you've had because it does feel as though that. And, and, you know, it's kind of the Scouse natural cynic in me sort of says that if if any of these traders, whatever they are, if they go if they go under or they're restricted or whatever else, I can kind of see then the casual T-shirts starting to pop up in the in the club shop and it, it'll become yeah. like a club yeah. sort of way of, 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 of taking the fan yeah. culture. And I, I don't think that's... I well, think that, I, think I, I pointed both. that out to PC yesterday. I said, no matter how much you crack down, I said, you will never stop that independent terrorist culture. It will never, ever die. No matter how much you try to commercialise it, it will never stop. And those people will never wear your product. But it doesn't mean that they don't give you something that you can, you know, that you can use then. Yeah. But you've got to respect them. Yeah, do you think there's do you think there's people who who understand that in the club and the people who don't? Because we 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 all do. We refer to the club as this as this as this yeah. thing that the kind of the it's kind of yeah thing, yeah and, and everyone uh, the same. yeah and and it's and it's easy to do and it's sort of you know we're, we're trying to have a, a you know a specific conversation here so you kind of kind of do it really. I just wonder whether you know there's there's people who because you talk about you know the value that the supporters bring and the value of supporter culture and what that adds to a football club really. So you know we can talk about. The rights of someone like Hat Scarf and Abarch, you know, they, they've got a right to, to you know, to, to sell this gear. But it, but it's more than that, isn't it? It's 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 not. It's, it's actually adding to, to Liverpool football club culture, and it's adding to what makes Liverpool great. Is that is that these individuals and these, these people, you know, they're often the people who were, who were making the flags as well. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. they're creative people, yeah. and so it's so they're all kind of adding to this melting pot that makes kind of what Liverpool great. And and I kind of think that there's sometimes that there's some people in Liverpool football club who understand that, and there's some people. Who, who, 
who instead see them as a kind of a commercial threat, really. And that's what kind of frustrates me. And I wonder whether it's a, well, how much, you know, it, it does it depend on how much time people spend in Liverpool? Because obviously not everyone who's who's at the top yeah. of Liverpool Football Club is is here, I was going to say on a day-to-day basis, I'd say even on a month-by-month basis, yeah. do you know what I mean? And I wonder how much that comes into it, Joe. I don't know yeah, what you think. I, I think. I think you're right. I think, and to, you know, the, I've kind of been careful not to talk about Peter because I think I have you know just used the club. But I think Peter's a good example because in those meetings with him, you know, quite clearly he yeah. he was talking about some of the t-shirts that, um, that people had on. You know, he was saying it's about kind of I, th- I think his phrase was it's if you know you know was what he was saying. So you see something like a, you know a t-shirt with three hundred six on it, you know it's because it's block three hundred six and a cop. Anyone else out there would go. Why is the fellow wearing the 306 T-shirts? We know. And that's that's what's really, you know, that's the uniqueness that we've got. But I'd worry if it said Liverpool 306, that then suddenly that stops. That, mm. that, and that's, the, that's yeah. the quirk around it. And I, you know, I think, you know, Peter has got that way of trying to embrace what we're trying to do. I think you're right. I think the, the it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think you know, the club's a global club. It's absolutely massive. But actually, the people within the club yeah. Is quite small, so I don't think that they get the time, the chance to sit down and have a think about well, just what are the consequences? Like I was saying before, I think there's a question asked: Can we do this? The legal answer comes back: Yes, you can, and it's done, and it's not thought through. And yeah. what's the impact? Just because we can do it doesn't mean we should. Exactly, and I think that's the balance. And it's about you know who's making the judgment call, and it feels as though sometimes there isn't a judgment call. It's just purely about an economic. Um, factual based issue so where do we kind of move on from here I guess I mean um, it's it's an ongoing uh, application we we don't know whether it is is going to be sort of successful or not we'll have to wait and see Um, either way it feels to me that you know much of this could have been avoided with, with better communication. Yeah, better um, consultation and communication. And I spoke to Peter about that, about his messaging to people and how he's got to think about what... I guess you said, you know, uh, you know, think about how the consequences and how it's going to play out and talk to people about it before it happens because then you'd avoid situations like this. Yeah, and I mean, where it goes, you know, who knows and... Well, I ended my conversation with him by very strongly saying, "I it doesn't matter what you have said to me, I fundamentally disagree with you and I hope it, you don't get granted it in the nicest possible way. And that's not nasty against him or the club in any way whatsoever. No, it's just I don't think anybody should. No, I, I, exactly, I agree. I think I think this is, this is you know, we're challenging the club because the club have done it. I'd be, I personally would be challenging if it was somebody else. If it was anybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, clearly it's the club. So, you know, quite rightly, me and Spirit of Shankly have got something to say about that. Um, where it goes, we hope it stops. Um, we hope that other people will come in and say they oppose it. Um, we think clearly City Council have got a role to play in this. And I think that's they're an important yeah. challenger to it if they continue to, to, to perform that challenge. Because that is about Liverpool as, as a as a name um, it's not a brand for Liverpool Football Club it's it, as I say it's our culture it's our heritage it's our future kids future grandchildren's future they need they need to hang on to Liverpool and not be hamstrung by well when can I use Liverpool yeah, yeah. a couple of sorry go on something I'd really like to say is the, the in about the licensing and the agreements that they'll give out particularly more for the commercial side of it rather than people like City of Liverpool and the football clubs because that's really about a club rather than a commercial entity. So, the the giving licences out by the club is, on my part, what I think it's partly is they're going to divide and conquer. So they're going to get the people whose livelihoods this depends on in and go, listen, we, you can have that and you can have this agreement and then they'll go, oh, well, actually, you know what, because that makes me feel better now. And that protects me in this moment. But what that does then is, you don't know how it's going to go, go in the future. He will provide future legal assurances. You know, I can't know any of that until I would see it legally on paper, and that's not going to happen. But um, the other point is, they're going to get to be basically they're trying to divide and conquer. So what they will do is, once you quelled the group of people who it really affects on a daily basis, and if they all turn around and say, "Well, actually, you know what? We're all right about this now." It makes everybody else in the wider spectrum of people go, oh, well, if they're okay with it, we are. So 
it's he's trying to you know divide and conquer by, by offering things to people, but really it's just to, it's a PR exercise in in my mind. So a couple of other things I wanted to sort of mention, Joe, before we finish is that um, I've noticed in the last couple of days there's Spitzer Shankly have come out against the idea of tier pricing, so a different price for members and a different price for season to golders. Um, I mean that was another example of bad communication, but um, I don't want to get into that necessarily, um, or in or indeed the. Um, the, the the issues around around a different ticketing because I think that's maybe one for another day. But I did notice a lot of the replies on Twitter um, where where people say, "Oh, you love to moan. Are oh, you moaning about something else and stuff like that?" And there is this general criticism of of, of Spirit of Shankly um, ever since ever since day one, I think, um, and ever since you know the, the ideas of, of even marching against Hicks and Gillette, which seems like surely everyone was in favour of that now, <laughs> but I promise you they weren't. Yeah, um, absolutely. Is, is the idea is of, of, of oh, you just like to moan, you just want to, to moan. And, and I think that's the thing that, that, that I will come out very strongly on that I, that I just think is so unfair because, I, you know, I, I'm, we're obviously close with Jay and I know what Jay went through as, as chair and now, and now you, you've been doing it for five months and you're getting it as well. It's no fun whatsoever, a lot of this, and it's standing up for things because you believe them. And people listening to this have got to, you know, can make it their own decision on whether you think you're right or not in the stance you're making. But the point is that, you'd rather not be doing it you'd rather just be going there on a Saturday like you will tomorrow to support the team enjoying it enjoying watching this absolutely incredible football team and not worried about anyone else and instead you've got to worry about trademarks because someone else has forced the issue yeah I mean you're absolutely right and and listen we we will moan when we need to but it's not moaning it's actually holding the club to account for what they do Um, we'll do that we want to do that in a positive way Um, I think a couple of things to, to say around it I mean I would hope that people also see what Spirit of Shankly does in a broader community setting. Yeah. You know, yeah. the food bank collections, the work we've done on mental health and suicide awareness, the work that we've done around, you know, supporting uh, individual clubs and, and, you know, previous previous players that we've that we've supported financially, et cetera, et cetera. You know, we're actually, we, we perform duties as a union, but one of those duties is to call the club, club out when, when they do something wrong. And I think, the broader aspect of this is it looks like we're moaning all the time. Um, but in part, that's because of what Lucy was saying about the lack of communication, openness and transparency from the club sometimes. It feels as though that they flip-flop from issue to issue. Unfortunately, what that means is that we then flip-flop from issue to issue, uh, almost behind them and calling them on it. You know, I hope that as part of this discussion that we'll be in a position to be working with the club to have you know far more of a... Um, professional, um, higher level discussion with them to think through what their strategy is for the next three years, to work with them on that strategy for the next three years. doesn't mean to say we'll agree with them on that, but at least we'll be able to work with them. And and hopefully they can use us as a sounding board. They can use other groups as a sounding board about what if, what if. They still might go ahead and do something. But it's about us making to have a mature discussion with them. And I'd like to think that my offer to the club is that the union is mature, as I said. I demonstrated that you know we don't just moan about things; we actually do do positive things for mm. the, for the, for supporters, but also the wider community. Use us, but we've there's 13 of us around that committee. There's a whole host of, of other you know talented individuals who are members who we can help the club with, and I think that's what that's what our offer is. And hopefully, you know, out of that, we'll we'll moan when we need to, but also as well, we'll work with the club when we have to, and I think that's important. <laughs> Yeah. It's so, the nature of a union, isn't it? That's why you have a union to stick up for the issues that, you know, people believe in. So tomorrow, Lucy, uh, we wear um well we're asking asking people, uh Spirit of Shankly are asking people to obviously wear wear stuff from, from independent traders. Yes. Um but also to go in the ground to support this wonderful football team, yes. to cheer them on, to scream and shout yeah. and and watch Liverpool steamroll in Newcastle and go back to well, I say back to the top of the league, extend Extend our, uh, our lead at the top. European champions, you see, that's it. It's a great atmosphere, and it'll be a great atmosphere on Saturday. And the it's not a protest; it's, it's a support. Absolutely it's an not. offer of support to to people local, but you know, to independent traders, not local to independent traders. That's what yeah. it is. It's not a protest in any sense of the imagination. So everyone will go to the match, have a great time, get drunk, shout loads, and you know, and we'll win, and we'll win. I mean, I don't really drink, but apart from that, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's an absolute lie. Okay, thanks a lot. Huge thanks to Joe and Lucy for obviously coming in and chatting us from from their from their um, angle on on what's going on with the trademark issue. So thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you for Thank having you. me.
And it's John Gibbons again, and I'm delighted to be joined by the CEO of Liverpool Football Club, uh, Peter Moore, uh, fresh off a train from London. Yeah. So thanks very much for Pleasure. for um, fitting some time in with us today. I really appreciate it. To talk about an issue. It's a bit of a burning issue at the moment, yeah. isn't it, Peter? And obviously, it's it's I'm sure dominated your timeline over the last couple of months a Got little plenty bit. Plenty of stuff going on, John, <laughs> and things like that. So obviously, we've just heard uh, from Joe and Spirit to Shankly and, and Lucy and, and their sort of perspective, yeah. which I'm sure you've you've you know, you're aware of, and I'm sure, you know, you've heard the arguments before. So I'm just interested, first of all, to just get, you know, from a Liverpool Football Club perspective, what was your idea in terms of looking for the trademark and what are you looking to achieve? Well, it goes back a little while, John, to where we think about the future of the football club and and protecting the business. And as we, as you well know, it's, it's big business. I mean, let's get that out of the way. This is, this is, you know, centre-backs, goalkeepers are expensive, as we found out. So my job as the CEO is, is to protect the business of the football club. And we started to see in the last couple of years, um, as the club becomes more successful, uh, a proliferation of wider scale, uh, I'll call it counterfeiting, which is utilising the Liverpool name in a football sense um, from operations in China, Thailand, and coming into this country as well as around the world, but coming into this country at first, where the product alludes to be official. Um, it's, it's poor quality standard, um, and it obviously is impacting the revenue of the football club. And so we looked at examples of other clubs around the Premier League and spoke with them that had trademarked the place where they come from, because they had the same issue, whether it's Chelsea, Tottenham, Watford, Southampton, and Everton, all of whom are obviously named after places of varying sizes, but have not only protected the Southampton Football Club or Chelsea Football Club, but those places, and talked to their people about how it was helping them in being able to challenge at the UK borders um, the the influx of these counterfeit goods. So, and then in fact, as you mentioned, I've been in London today, Premier League meeting and chatting with some of my colleagues from those clubs and and talking about how it's helped them enormously. And in some instances, um, not only have they trademarked the name in football products, but also in all products. And um, there's a few clubs that have done that because they see their name synonymous with football. And so we looked uh, at what we needed to do. And so we applied for football services and products in certain classes uh, to trademark only in a football context, not the city of Liverpool, but Liverpool when it's in a football context. And uh, that is something that on top of our current trademarks that we need to do to protect our business. Look, you know, we're, we're in a business that's driven by advertising, by sponsorship and things that come in that allow us to be able to grow our business, to plow all of that revenue back onto the field of play, as we've, I think, uh, evidenced in the last couple of years with, with the acquisitions we've made to make the team and the squad stronger. Um, I call this a virtuous cycle. You, you, you make money, you, you buy a player, that player helps you win games, you get bigger, better, blue-chip global sponsors. And we're seeing that with great partners in New Balance, in, in Standard Chartered, in Western Union, um, and, and more recently, AXA. But we need to protect the football club. And I want to stress, this is nothing to do with local traders, with the people that do a brilliant job in growing, creating, and protecting our fan culture that's so unique to this football club. Nor is it anything to do with football clubs that have Liverpool in the name. And we can talk about this in some detail, but I've met in this very room. Yeah. I've, I've met with so many of them and listened to them, spent hours with them, as well as with Spirit of Shankly, with Joe and Ian Byrne, and tried to work together to come to a solution here. And we can talk about the details of that. So just a little bit, I mean, there's, there's lots of sorts of to jump off on yeah. there. But first of all, in terms of the the counterfeit stuff and the yeah. stuff you're talking about that's coming in from Asia. Um, is there a reason that the, the, the trademarks you've got already aren't enough? Because if I'm thinking of, of if you're really talking about fake shirts and replica yep. shirts, surely the badge and surely the Liverpool FC. Exactly. You own Liverpool FC, you own LFC yeah. and, and sort of every variation of. Yeah. Why, why isn't that enough? So there's, 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 there's two elements of the counterfeiting. Let's call, and, and, and the counterfeiting element, I mean, the real issue, you're exactly right, is the amount now of counterfeit replica product that primarily sits on, not only on platforms, but is manufactured in the Far East. And I think we all know, and we've all seen, yeah. you know, whether it's Thailand or China, that's a whole separate situation that our brand team together with the trademark owners who are those sponsors that I just referred to, Chase, we get a portion of it, we, we don't get all of it. Um, 
we, we recognize that um, you can only stop so much of this. Um, it's important we focus on that because those brands want to make sure that we are seen as um, protecting them. They, they, they give this football club a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, they're great partners. Uh, we turn that money into players on the pitch and we need to be able to protect them uh, in business. And so we do that as well. All of those brands have their own IP offices, their own brand protection offices. We work in conjunction with them. We work in conjunction with HMRC as well. The stuff we started to look at is stuff that's coming in. And I saw this in Madrid and more recently in Istanbul where you're bringing stuff in. And these again uh, are um, Far Eastern for the most part or, or Bangladesh I've seen, uh, factories that manufacture at a large scale and then flood the marketplace when we come into town. Um, in both instances, ironically, we couldn't do anything. But when we played Tottenham in the Champions League final Madrid on June 1st, Tottenham have protected the name Tottenham. Uh, in a football sense. So we, on, we piggybacked on their trademark and intercepted a good chunk of goods in collaboration with the Spanish police. Istanbul for the Super Cup, again, nothing we could do, but Chelsea has protected Chelsea, the name Chelsea, not just Chelsea Football Club, Chelsea, because that's what we were seeing, Liverpool versus Chelsea. So ton of stuff was intercepted there. And these, these are bad actors. These, these are not some little small street trader. These are large-scale factory. And that's what, we're, that's what we're trying to stop. And it's nothing to do with, with anybody in this city and, and maybe even in the UK. Um, and why are we doing it in the UK first? So that we can work with HMRC at the ports and airports where this stuff is coming in. Only once you've got your trademark established in, your, if you will, your home country can then establish it elsewhere. And again, my job is to protect this football club and to bring in as much revenue as I possibly can to be able to turn that into success on the pitch. I know it's a, it's a difficult one to answer, but have you got any idea sort of how much this is this revenue's worth or, or another way of looking at how much this is costing Liverpool? I, I can tell you it's in the millions of pounds. So I can tell you what we intercept last year was in the millions of pounds of the classic counterfeit stuff. And, and if, it, if it's that's what we've intercepted, I don't know what the multiplier is that gets through. Um, the more broadly uh, stuff, T-shirts, products that, that are Liverpool and allude to be official by utilizing the way of the, the name Liverpool in a football sense, uh, I would assume is, is of a similar scale. It's, it's easier to make, it's cheaper, um, it's less complex to manufacture, uh, and, and that can flood the markets pretty easily. I think it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, because sometimes we can have our, our kind of minds warped by, by sorts of online and Twitter and things like that. Sorry, that was my mic dropping. Um, mm -hmm. Things like that. And, yeah. and, you know, things can seem kind of more extreme. And I think there are people who will criticise Liverpool whatever they do. And I think there's people on the other side who will always stick up for Liverpool kind of blindly. But it does feel like to me that there's a lot of people in the middle who just feel uneasy and just feel yeah. a bit unsure. And I think I think that's, that's fair enough. And a word that's used a lot with football is greed. And I think that's mm -hmm. come up in this instance in that is it just greed? And do you understand when people see that, that Liverpool are posting profits of £125 million? And I know you, 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 I'm sure you're going to say there was, there was mitigated circumstances around those, but the last accounts that came out was, was profits of £125 million. Liverpool have been in two Champions League finals, they made all this, all this money, and then it feels like they're, they're going after this now. And it doesn't feel, I think, to the average football fan like, it, like it's particularly necessary. Well, let's start with £125 million. There was the headline and then comma, all of which has been spent already. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what we needed to do to make that more clear. So I'm not going to get into chartered accounts and timing, but that was a moment in time. That money had already gone by the time, you know, yeah. that was from the previous June. And, and you know the players that were sold to create that. So $125 million in profits, which is thrown at me on a regular basis, is is actually not true. Yeah. Uh, there was a cash flow moment in time where money came in. But I, I don't want to get into what's profitable. Again, I, I want to reiterate what we're trying to do is protect the football club. And um, it's my job to be able, again, not focused on anything around here. And I'm, and I'm looking around because I can see the streets of Liverpool out these windows yeah. here. This is about stopping large scale. People who are actually taking money from the people of Liverpool, taking money from the local traders, um, and, and this could be product that, first of all, is manufactured in less than pleasant circumstances. And as somebody 20 years in sports apparel and footwear, I've been in these factories and they're not pleasant. And you should know that if you're buying this kind of stuff, that's what you are getting into. Um, secondarily, 
I don't know where the greed is. I don't know what the greed would be. Where, where is the greed? Is the view that we want to, to sell? I think it comes from both ways. I think there's... there's I, I, so somebody needs to explain, <laughs> you know, I've seen the hashtag greed. Yeah. And some, if we stop this stuff coming in and Mick at Hascarfa Badge or Jockey John and Frank at Transalpino or, or, or Mark... And Andrew at Scouse for Tea, or Ian Maloney at Love Follow Conquer, sell more T-shirts and hats and scarves and products as a result. Then, then we all win. I, I'm not understanding the accusation of greed. I don't know where it comes from. I think there's there's, there's some people who, who who don't believe that the owners have never took any money out of the club, which I know is something that you say. Yeah, I mean. I, I, I believe you on, on yeah. that. On that, I, I'm you know happy to say that. But there's also the idea as well: are they trying to fatten up the business to sell it? And I think that's a that's a more difficult one to kind of. I don't know. You ask me where the you know what people are thinking, <laughs> and I'm telling you. I, do you know what I mean? And I'm not yeah. necessarily my thoughts. Look, if if you think we're fat, fattening up the business <laughs> based on intercepting t-shirts at the borders, I, you know that's a whole different conspiracy yeah. theory that I really can't get my head around. Again, I want to reiterate, you know, we're trying to, to protect this football club for the good of the fans, to be able to give uh, Jürgen and Michael Edwards, our sporting director, every possible resource that they possibly can. Some people say, well, it's only a few hundred thousand pounds or millions of pounds. I've been in business 40 years. And, you know, you hear the expression, you know, uh, penny wise, pound foolish and, 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 and the opposite of that as well. And, and so it's my job to make sure that we're protecting... Not only the football club, but I'll reiterate the, the city. And, and I know it's emotional because it's the city's name. Yeah. But I want to reiterate, it's in a football context only. So many Premier League clubs have already done it without a murmur. And, and I know that I'm from here. You're from here. I know this city's different. I know that there's an emotional tie to it. And I want to, if nothing else, explain to people, to the listeners, to the people that have been critical of the situation, there's no nefarious motive here. There's no theory that I read that we have cameras looking at every t-shirt at Anfield. <laughs> that, that was in the story that we were in Madrid and spotted that the fans in Madrid, either in the fan park that I was there with Jamie Webster or, or in the, the stands were not wearing enough replica. Therefore, we decided to do something about it. Nonsense. I mean, ridiculous to the, the highest level. I love the fan culture. I wear the shirts. I do business with Scouse for Tea on a personal level, with, have done with Ian Maloney and LaFollow yeah. Conquer, you know, me and Mick, and there's not many days where we don't talk about something. And I get the fan culture makes this club special and unique, and this football club has never done anything to impact that. I also want to say, in, in this room, and we're sat in a conference room uh, at Chapel Street, our headquarters, um, we, we actually tried to get data behind this and looked at the top retailers. We just took a sampling of four of the independent retailers who we think do a phenomenal job in creating that fan culture. We looked at 516 SKUs, stop keeping units, products yeah. that were in there. Of the 516, John, only six would, would there even be an issue about. And one thing we're used to doing is working with the retailers and say, you know what, you might just want to change that. And so even before, even before anything even happened, if it does happen with the filing, there was only six out of 516. So I, again, I'm trying to get my head around where greed is coming from yeah. and, and where, where people think that we're attacking local culture. I also want to talk about football clubs because I hear people say, well, does South Liverpool become South? And I smile at that. I, I went to Holly Park as a little boy growing up in Garston to watch South Liverpool. And I've met with Jim Stanway. Uh, I, I, I've sat down with Jim. I've talked to Chris Stirrup at AFC Liverpool, obviously Peter Firmage at City of Liverpool, and they all have their opinions, but why on earth would anybody think that we would try and do some? Just because we could and we can't, it doesn't mean you should. Secondarily, they're, they're protected under fair use. The South Liverpool Football Club is exactly that. It's a football club that plays in South Liverpool, and so fair use says that. And thirdly, if they're worried, we said, we'll just develop a coexistence agreement that will be registered with Liverpool Football Club and Athletic Grounds, yeah. the legal entity of the football club and has been for decades, not with Fenway Sports Group. So why would I sell my soul to an American multi-billion knack? No, <laughs> it's, it's with the club itself. It, it, even if somebody felt uncomfortable that somehow we would strip away 
as ridiculous as this sounds, as these words come out of my mouth, strip away Liverpool from every football club in this city and say you can't use the word Liverpool. Mm. Crazy. So, I mean, some of the concerns have, have come from the fact that people say, OK, well, Peter Moore's all right, he's from Garston, but what, what happens when Peter Moore goes? You know, what happens if you, you fancy getting back into computer games or whatever, or, or whatever you kind of want to yeah. do, and, and someone else comes along, and then he says, he or she, sorry, that was terribly yeah. sexist, says, well, hang on, what, what are all these people doing? And we've got this trademark, and we want to come on a bit stronger. Do you understand that concern? Yeah. My first question is, who would even dream of doing that, and for what reason, right? And so, again just because you could doesn't mean you should. And, and so somebody comes in my place, he or she mm. comes in my place and says, oh, let's take away Liverpool from City of Liverpool Football Club. Not necessarily the football clubs, but the or let's go changes. after Mick and yeah, Michelle, yeah. right? And let's, let's make their life a misery because we can sell 50 more T-shirts now. So first of all, emotionally, it doesn't make sense. Secondarily, as I just said, if somebody else came along, either in my role or, or the club was purchased by somebody else, the deed of waiver that we, if, if required, that we would do with a retailer or the coexistence agreement that we would do with a football club that's concerned that somehow we may uh, attack them, those sit with the legal entity, which is Liverpool Football Club and Athletic Grounds. So it doesn't matter who comes in. If somebody acquires the football club, then that that uh, linkage and that legal document comes with the assets. You have to accept that. But again, I'm trying to get my head around, even if you know, I'm no longer here and I get, go back into video games, why anybody in the right mind would even consider doing that. Because they might not understand you know, the, the fan culture. They might not understand the fact that what we believe is, or certainly at the Anfield, that believe is that, that, that all these different groups that we've talked about and others that we haven't all kind of add to, to what makes Liverpool totally great. Someone totally who agree. comes in from somewhere else. In my might... exit interview, I will educate them. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully. But, but someone but again, might come in from, yeah. from American sports background or whatever. And I know there's, there's, there's concerns about maybe what happened around, Fen around Fenway Park, for example, and the fact that there used to be a lot of stalls and things around there and, and they kind of gradually disappeared. We we could, we could talk about that as well. I read that uh, a couple of days ago in the now defunct Grantland. It's the Yankees suck story. I don't know if you read the story. No, no. Okay, but you've seen the headline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was at Fenway Park. I, I lived in Boston for nine years in the 90s. Um, and there's plenty of independent stores there. It's a different culture. So there was trying to be a comparison, and I know the accusation. FSG comes in buys the Boston Red Sox and starts moving independent retailers away and, and buying up everything. Now, yeah. yeah, I, 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 first of all, baseball is a different culture in and around the stadiums. You've got what's known as the hawkers that will sell product. But that I can absolutely 100% guarantee you that is not the intention of Fenway Sports Group. That is not what happens in and up and down the streets around Fenway Park in the Back Bay in Boston. Um, and... That story, I think, is four years old from right. Grantland, which was Bill Simmons' podcast and, and uh, website. And Bill is a great Boston reporter, but, but it's like, yeah, this, again, conspiracy theory. It's a great story, by the way. And it's a bunch of guys who eventually end up in gangland warfare because they figured out they heard a chant that is Yankees suck. And then they printed T-shirts. It's a great story worth reading. But again, it's conspiracy theory at the highest level. Do, do you understand where the mistrust comes from? And do you understand why people get nervous? And do you think that, I mean, it must frustrate you in, in one regard, but also the fact that, you know, there has been fights for our football club, there's been fights for the, for the soul of the football yep, club, yep. and there's a general fight for, it's a slightly dramatic, but for the soul of football as yeah. well. And, and there's people in the city and, and beyond who feel like the game's being taken away from them. And we've got overseas owners who, who, who not huge amounts is kind of known about. And obviously the last overseas owners we had huge problems with. I think too, what I'm getting too at... Too much was known about. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we might be hearing more yeah. soon, but, uh, but that, is, that is definitely one for another Yeah, I know. I, John, John, I totally get... Look, the passion of football, what football means to me to you, to everybody in this city, both blue and red, is unique here. And as we say, certainly from the red sign, this means more. And, and as an ownership group, um, fully understand that anything we do that is going to be put under a broad spotlight, accept that, recognize that, understand that. Don't in any way try to say that's nonsense and you, know, you, you shouldn't hold us to that level of mistrust. I get it. Um, at the same time, I don't know what we've done 
to earn mistrust um, so far, um, you know, as a football club. Ownership, uh, who are wonderful in the fact that they let us get on with it here. Um, you see visits from, I was with Tom Werner today. Tom is excited to be at the Newcastle game. John and Linda come over. Mike Gordon comes over. You've met them all at one point yeah. or another. But they don't interfere. They trust myself, people you know, Billy Hogan, um, implicitly to run the football club. Obviously, Jurgen and Michael Edwards at Melwood to, to run the football side of, of this club and to be successful on the pitch. And my job is to match their success on the pitch with success off the pitch. And there are things that we have to do to compete with Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Manchester City, Manchester United, Borussia Dortmund, big clubs. And, and we have to operate like a big club. And some of the things that we do, um, like what we're trying to do here, raise eyebrows. And I get that. And I fully understand that. And, and the fact that here I am, just run off a train and, and want to sit down with you. Uh, I'm not hiding. I'm not ducking away and, and, and not approaching the subject and trying to give you my honest opinion on why we're doing this. And also, I think it's important to me for people to understand there are no nefarious uh, agendas here. There's nothing that is trying to attack the fan culture. If I didn't have to wear a tie on Saturday, I'd be wearing, I'd probably wear either my um, He Ain't Heavy's My Brother t-shirt from Scouse for Tea, or um, what else? I'd wear my uh, Liverpool originals from Ian Maloney and, and Love Follow Conquer. Um, or my liver bird, the peer head that Mick does so well. I'd be, I'd be wearing one of those uh, I, I, and because I totally get it. And I do all the time. I mean, I don't do it in the office, but, <laughs> and I have to wear a tie. And if I wasn't, I would join this sense of solidarity because I get what they do for us. And, and I get it's not a protest, and I fully understand yeah. that. But I also i am confused, I guess, as to, to why people think that we're in any way trying to attack or chip away or, or, or do anything with, with these great contributors to this football club's culture. Do you think part of the mistrust comes from the fact that it was, it was suddenly there? And I know you've expressed already that yeah, you wish you'd communicate it Absolutely, differently. yeah. I mean, guilty as charged. We, we um, naively went, we put it out there. And then what did we do? We jump on a plane to the United States and go play our preseason tour. We're, we're all focused on that and what we should have done absolutely is done a lot more work to talk to people like yourselves, uh, to talk to the city council, um, to talk to the retailers who we have a great relationship with, you know, 365 days a year. And even think through, and I think our naivety was we didn't think through the level of what people would think through. I, knowing what I know now, I, I would contact, you know, Peter Firmage at City of Liverpool, Chris Stirrup at AFC, um, Tom Fert, super sub son who's Liverpool Ramblers. I yeah. mean, you know, just all of these guys and say, just heads up, this is what we're doing. And more importantly, this is why we're doing it. And even more importantly, you have nothing to worry about. So yeah, I'm, I'm guilty in, in, in not thinking that through on behalf of the football club. And I guess underestimating the emotional reaction um, that this filing has created. So that, that's my fault. Um, are you a little bit frustrated that you haven't been able to, I say, convince more people? You, you mentioned about a month or so ago you had a lot of people in this room that were yeah. in now. You had conversations with them. Um, obviously, Spurs of Shankly are still going ahead with, with this kind of um, show of solidarity, yeah. we'll call it, on Saturday. And so, you know, you haven't been able to fully convince them. I, I don't know about the football clubs, whether that's kind of been more successful. But is that a little bit of a frustration for you that you're still in this period where you know, there is this disagreement with, with kind of the club's motive. I don't know if it's frustration or, or more, I'm, I'm almost saddened that, 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 you know, I can't get my point of view across in a way. And, and again, I've learned, look, I, I, yeah, I, I've been around for a long time. I've learned once the narrative gets ahead of you, it's very difficult then to, to catch up. And I guess my only disappointment is, is the misinformation about all the stuff that I have alluded to it that 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 frustrates me because you know I've said and I did a series of tweets that, that got a lot of attention where I tried to explain yeah. I think it was seven tweets in a row what we were doing but you know it's social media right so so people will interpret it the way they interpret and, and I totally get that and um, again it goes back to if I if I wanted to point to one thing is that 
I, we didn't get ahead of it and do what we typically do is, is consult and, 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 and talk to people and explain why we needed to do it. And I think we'd probably all be in a better place if, if I had done that. I just want to talk a little bit more about the about the ownership, if that's okay, yeah. because I think there's a there's a famous Shankly quote, isn't there, which is a, it's the it's it's about the players and and the fans and the manager, the holy and the, trinity, and the directors yep. are just there to yeah. sign the checks, and it's a it's a it's a quote that Liverpool fans throw around when it suits yeah. them, and then when it doesn't, we uh, we we kind of forget about it's it, fine. and I yeah. think. Um, we, we sort of what I'm getting at is sort of, sort of we want the owners to an owners of to be quiet until we kind of don't. So we, so what I'm saying that to acknowledge that it's difficult, and I'm yeah. saying it's a, it's difficult for you know for the, the guys over in Boston to kind of strike the balance. Do you think they are striking the balance right at the moment? Does it? Do you think it? Do you think they could talk more? Do you think they could be more kind of? I guess they're openly passionate about the project because I think that the, the concerns come that oh they're only really interested in baseball because it's an investment group, isn't it? It's an investment group who got Liverpool. I would say at a good price, admittedly at a time that really you know helped us. So then, so I think some of the some of the maybe the mistrust that we've talked about and some of the kind of lack of trust comes from the fact that well, we still don't really know them. We still don't really know too much about them. You've got, I mean, yes, it's an investment group. It's Fenway Sports Group. They're, it's a group of primarily Boston-based investors that love sports. Their roots were um, the Boston Red Sox, and they came together to, to invest in, in the Boston Red Sox, as well as the New England Sports Network, which broadcasts the Red Sox, as well as the, the Boston Bruins, which is the ice hockey team. They own a, a, a NASCAR team. NASCAR is American racing, turning left quickly, um, called Rouse Fenway. Um, and and you, what you've got is, I believe, is unbelievably patient capital. Now, what do I mean by that? You've got a group of people that love sports, and that's the difference. That is very, and I want to reiterate that, that is very much the difference that I see because I've got to know other ownership groups. I don't want to, certainly not going to name names, but I've, I've got to know them in the Premier League, and I've got to see in my UEFA and ECA responsibilities, and I was in Switzerland earlier this week with, with the ECA, um, and I can then have some comparisons of our ownership groups and see what they're at. Their, their MO, what they like to do, John, is, is to be there if I need them, if Billy needs them, if Jürgen needs them, if Michael needs them, but not to interfere. Um, they believe in this football club, I can tell you I've known John Henry a lot longer than I've worked at this football club. Um, and um, he, from the moment they acquired this football club, has absorbed himself in the culture. I'll tell you a story, and I don't think John would mind me doing this. When I first really got to know him, it was many years ago in Boston, and, and just by sheer coincidence, I was in a hotel in Boston, and he was renting out the top apartment while he was building a house and said, come on up. And he was halfway through the 74-75 season and was just absorbing and said, tell me, you know, tell me about Keegan. Tell, I mean, and, and, and so this is, this is who John Henry is and, and he wants to absorb everything. He also loves the idea of building an asset and I, and I hate to use that phrase, but, but building something. I'm a big Red Sox fan. I lived in Boston for nine years. They were awful, <laughs> and just awful to, to, to the fact that where it was a joke, had not won the World Series for 86 years. We're, we're worried we haven't won the league in 30. Um, he, Tom Werner, Mike Gordon, the rest of FSG, built a strategy for success. And within three years, they win the World Series. Um, and, and they've won the World Series four times now by being patient, by, by not interfering, by being there when it's needed, but letting, in the case of the Red Sox, whether it was the manager, the president, Sam Kennedy, um, all of the people that make that, that club work, and they do the same for us. And um, I couldn't be more privileged to work for an ownership group like that. If, if I need them, they're there. But they're not calling me every day, every hour, saying, what are you doing here? What are we doing there? I, I just don't get that. Neither does Billy, neither does anybody else that works at this football club. So, just to kind of finish off, really, um, if you're able to share anything about about what's going on with it now and what's kind of happening next with the trademark. Yeah, I mean, the trademark hearing, it's down to three classes. Uh, and the trademark hearing has had the, there's, there's, there's a, an officer from the IPO, uh, the Intellectual Property Office, that reviews it. Um, they're looking at it. They've, they've done an initial review. They have not given their opinion as of yet. It may be a few weeks. And we'll get to know, but we're somewhat on hold here. But 
you know, from my perspective, it's business as usual. We're playing Newcastle in 48 hours. I've got to get on a plane to Napoli, uh, which, is, which is always interesting when you go there, as you well know. Um, I, I, and, you know, we're hopeful that we prevail because we think it's good for the football club, but it's somewhat out of our hands at this point. Um, but we're not fixated on it every 10 minutes of every day. We've got to run a football club. It's 24 seven. Um, you know, as I'm sat here in a suit, um, I got on the first train to London this morning. I came back so I could meet with you and, 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 um, get on the, uh, the podcast and, and at least explain whether people accept it or not. I, I, all I can do is try to explain what we're trying to do. In, and I'm trying to do it in, in, in the most heartfelt and honest way. You still enjoying it? I love it. Champions of Europe, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, thanks, thanks so much for All your right, time. John. Thanks for racing back to speak to us. Yeah, and we cheers. appreciate it. And you certainly never hide. <laughs> Thank you, John. Sports Social Podcast Network.